Hello, and welcome to Take 5, the podcast of the Fifth Judicial Circuit. I'm Jeff Fuller, Chief Deputy Court Administrator for the Circuit, and joining me on today's episode, the Chief Judge of the Circuit, the Honorable Judge Daniel B. Merritt, Jr. Welcome, Chief. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, uh, and to be able to get to talk directly to our community through this through this platform. And I've been looking forward uh, to this opportunity, and I'm certainly glad to be here and speak to you and, and get some information out to the public. Thank you, Your Honor. Before we begin, let's tell the audience a little bit about the Fifth Circuit. The circuit's part of the Florida State Court System, and it's located in the central part of the state. It's composed of five counties, Citrus, Hernando, Lake, Marion, and Sumter. Now, Besides the traditional things that you think about when you think about the courts, the circuit offers many programs to serve the community. In fact, the courts are an essential part of the community. Over the past five and a half months, however, the normal services and operations of the courts have been severely restricted in the response to the pandemic caused by COVID-19. And that's what we want to talk about today. Judge, what's the circuit doing to keep the courts open and safe? Well, Jeff, that's a very important question, and that's one of the overarching concerns that the Florida Supreme Court and the judicial branch have had. Obviously, the safety uh, and health of our staff and of the visiting public uh, are of paramount concerns to us, and to that end, our normal operations uh, have been adjusted to meet those those needs and those concerns, and we have implemented uh, many uh, measures and protocols, uh, safety and health-wise, to, to help ensure everybody's uh, continued health as they're required to visit the courts periodically. And, and what could you tell me what that means or what the current operational status of the circuit is? Well, we are open and we are operational, uh, albeit on a limited basis as compared to before. And many, many hearings are taking place and the, the public work of the judicial branch uh, is going forward and cases are moving through the court system. And the, the public has meaningful access to the courts as we are required to constitutionally provide. Uh, the judges and the court staff continue to work to provide the public with access to, to justice while keeping the community and our judges and the public uh, and everybody safe during this, this, this challenging time. And, and how has the pandemic changed? What are the things that have, that have changed within the courts and, and how they're operating during this time? Well, we are more restricted than we have in the past, uh, obviously, uh, due to the safety and health concerns that we have. But the Florida Supreme Court has provided some guidance about how we are to operate during this uh, health emergency and, and pandemic. They have Florida Supreme Court Order uh, 20-23 Amendment 6 and Administrative Order 20-32 Amendment 3. And we presently operate under those uh, uh, administrative orders of the Florida Supreme Court and much differently than before. Uh, we are presently in what's called phase one operational status, uh, like the majority of the other circuits uh, within the state of Florida. And in phase one operational status, can you tell me specifically what, what, how that affects the operations? Well, it, it limits what we can do on an in-person basis and further uh, all jury trials uh, are suspended and, and every other uh, uh, court proceeding is, is, is divided basically into two categories, which would be essential hearings, uh, which are your basic uh, uh, due process, fundamental right type of hearings, and those are conducted in person uh, when necessary, though we attempt to and try to uh, uh, conduct those remotely. Uh, when we can, and it's prefer preferable that we do it that mean, and then in that manner, and then we have other trial court proceedings that are required to be conducted remotely, and we do that uh, unless there are very few narrow exceptions provided uh, by the Florida Supreme Court uh, for those for those categories. 
And uh, how is the court handling those remote those remote hearings? Well, the remote hearings we will handle uh, periodically by teleconferencing, but majoritatively now we are handling those through uh, audiovisual uh, platforms, most commonly referred to as Zoom. And people appear remotely from off-site, and inmates appear uh, from county jails uh, through remote means, and we conduct those proceedings uh, by video screen and audio uh, means, obviously. And I, I think we talked about it a little bit uh, a minute ago, but it's like when we're talking about essential category, can you give me some examples of what essential hearings, uh, essential proceedings are? Well, the essential hearings are, are basically your common core due process hearings. For example, first appearance, uh, Baker Act proceedings, emergency guardianship hearings, uh, hearings uh, effective, effectively uh, somebody's liberty and fundamental personal safety issues. There's there's many, many essential hearings. They're listed in the Florida Supreme Court orders. They're in our uh, website uh, that's available to the public and and. They're all delineated there, and you're free to see all them and go through each one of those categories. And uh, we also talked a little bit about the other court proceedings. Uh, there's really probably too many to talk about because it's really everything else that's not as, that's not been deemed essential. Um, can you tell us about what what we're doing? I, you talked about Zoom, and we talked about teleconferencing. And uh, c- can you tell me a little bit more about how those things are taking place? Well, from the onset of the pandemic in the second week of March. Uh, we began to understand that things were going to be very different, and we became very proactive in our circuit, in my opinion. And the goal of the branch has always been to provide for the safety of, of those that uh, are required to participate uh, and to provide them meaningful access to the court. So we've had to adjust, and our technology division, uh, through local and state funding, have, have been able to obtain resources to enable the audiovisual platforms that I, that I mentioned uh, momentarily ago. And so that's how a large majority of the hearings are conducted. And, uh, and it may not be as practical or as, as efficient as we are able to conduct in person, but certainly uh, we're dependent on those types of hearing now, and it's enabled the judicial branch to continue to provide the, the services that we're required to constitutionally to, to, to perform for the public. Um, can you tell me about how, I mean, we're doing uh, fewer hearings uh, because uh, of the, the limited scope of what we're able to do, but uh, can you tell me about how many uh, Zoom hearings or how many of these, tech, these remote hearings that we've been able to do? As far as the exact number, certainly we track that statistic uh, through our technology division. I have seen it, and, and those hearings are, are upwards of, of thousands of hearings that we've conducted throughout the five counties uh, that are within our circuit, and and be amazed at what we have been able to accomplish uh, frankly uh, by those by the, those means uh, and and it's really advanced the circuit in my opinion a number of years uh, uh, in in a short period of time uh, the, the requirement that, that we undertake our work in this manner okay um, and tell me for those hearings that are taking place in person what's being done to protect those people that are in attendance well, one of, the, one of the first things we do, as I indicated, we implemented many safety uh, and health protocol and procedures throughout the, uh, the circuit and in each of the judicial facilities uh, and courthouses. And one of the first things you do is that you have a temperature check at the door, and they will, we have various machines uh, that enable us to do that with an electronic wrist thermometer and other devices that allow us uh, to have you, uh, your temperature taken. 
and anyone with a temperature of over 100.4 is not allowed entry into the building and we get additional information from them so we can uh, further conduct their business. Uh, there's also uh, uh, health questions that are related uh, to, to the pandemic that are asked. Uh, masks are required in each of the facilities and all of our counties are working together to comply with the CDC guidelines. We maintain social distancing, uh, cleaning and disinfecting traffic areas, staggering of hearings, spacing of, of furniture, and so, th uh, so forth. We have sanit uh, sanitizer located in various places at various stations, and there's, there's just many, many things that we do and ask people to be careful and diligent, and we try to monitor that and, and make sure that that occurs. And you mentioned a few moments ago uh, about some questions. I wanted to run through those questions quickly. Do you, and, and the questions are these, do you have any symptoms such as cough, shortness of breath, or muscle pain, sore throat, loss of taste, or smell? Are you currently awaiting the results of a test to determine if you have COVID-19? Are you under the instructions to self-isolate or quarantine due to COVID-19? And have you had close contact with someone with a COVID-19 diagnosis or, is who, or who is awaiting results uh, of a COVID-19 test? Uh, but I also want to go back for just a minute. Judge, you said that the circuit is in phase one. Well, how many phases uh, are there, and when can we move to the next phase? Well, Jeff, the, the Florida Supreme Court has created a, a four-phase approach to returning to eventual normal operations, and they are very conservatively approaching the pandemic with the safety of the public in mind and yet still being able to provide uh, a judicial uh, services to the public. So each phase has specific requirements and right now the biggest impediment to moving forward from phase one to phase two is the is the requirement benchmark imposed by the Florida Supreme Court that there be two weeks of downward trajectory of, of new positive cases of the coronavirus. And seemingly we may be getting better over the last several days, but there's a metric and a formula that we're required to look at and we will be monitoring that. And it's all charted and graphed uh, every day as we monitor that to try to move us forward as, as quickly uh, as we possibly can. And uh, uh, probably a, a big question that, that people have right now is, uh, when are we gonna start having uh, jury proceedings again? Well, certainly we're all anxious to get back to to having jury trials because it obviously is one of the core fundamental constitutional protections that we enjoy in this country. But as of right now, uh, once we are into phase two and we meet those health-related benchmarks uh, and the metrics that are provided by the Florida Supreme Court, we will still be required to remain in phase two before we can uh, begin to conduct uh, jury trials. And then certainly as we do that and move forward, we will be doing that on a conservative uh, basis and addressing prospective juror needs based on their uh, safety concerns and, and lack of work uh, and employment that may have, may have suffered during the pandemic, uh, but it's something we'll all work through together. And people can keep up with uh, where we're at, I think, in, in phase one and phase two and what's going on uh, in, in, as it relates to that by following us up through our social media. It's a really good place for information uh, about the circuit, about what's going on in our circuit, uh, especially as it relates to COVID-19. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, all under uh, Fifth Judicial Circuit or Circuit 5. Um, <clears throat> Judge, that about in, uh, rounds up all the questions that I have for you. Is there anything that uh, you would like to, um, to add before we conclude? 
Well, the only thing I would like to add is is to the to the listening public and those that are participants and stakeholders in the the judicial system and who are required to come to the courthouse to conduct their business. I just want to assure everybody uh, that that we have the 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 utmost and and safety and and health protocols in place that we possibly can and everybody is diligent we all want to remain safe we all want to be able to conduct your business and i just need to assure you that we're doing everything that we can to do that and i believe we are uh, uh, very sincerely and we look forward to uh, uh, continuing to serve the public as much as we can during this pandemic and as another judge uh, said uh, you know, we look forward to the time when we all can be together again Yes, Judge, and I, I'd like to add that we are staying up to date, as you mentioned, with all the CDC guidelines. We're, we're, we're on top of all the new information. Uh, we are meeting uh, routinely, regularly, weekly uh, to look at the numbers, to, to, to chart the changes, and to uh, make sure that we continue to provide services in the Fifth Circuit uh, the way and at the level that, that the best that we can. Uh, thank you, Judge, for right, being part of our first podcast. And uh, before I wrap up, I do want to announce that this is the Take 5 podcast, and it will be posted uh, once a month uh, on uh, all of the different uh, places that you can get your podcast from. So uh, follow us, like us, and uh, add, add this to your playlist uh, to find out what's going on in the Fifth Circuit. Um, thank you for joining us, and stay safe, and we'll see you next month.